Hi, I'm Danny Elfman. This is Shirley Manson. This is Debbie Harry. This is Chris Steiner Blondie. This is Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears. This is Billy Idol. This is Alex Ebert, a.k.a. Edward Sharp, giving the story behind the song. Hi, this is Peter Chotty, host of the story behind the song. Each month I speak to some of music's biggest artists to get the inside stories behind their most lasting and iconic songs. Join me for new episodes on the third Monday of every month on the story behind the song from the Consequence Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Feeling good with Duddy. That's me. Let's go. What is happening? We are back with another episode of Feeling Good with Duddy. As always, I'm here with my brother and my co-host, Mr. Jake B. You! Safer. Much safer. Safer. Okay. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, someone we met this summer on the tour, Nick Wold from The Dreamers. How are you, brother? Fantastic. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We were lucky enough, Nick had a uh, writing session today out in Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, which is very close to our studio, so he decided to stop in and jump on the podcast. Hell yes. It's an honor to be here. You guys are in we, L.A. right now? Yeah, we, we live in L.A. We tour all the time. We're based mm-hmm. in L.A., yeah. home base. Um, we were in New York before that, moved here when we signed a record deal. The rest is history. Nice. <laughs> Originally from Seattle? Yeah, I grew up in Seattle. Nice. So I was about 18 and Lived in New York after that. And you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you left Seattle to go to New York around 18 to study jazz sax? Yes. Who told you that? <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> yep. We dug deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I played saxophone since I was a little kid. That got me into college at NYU. Nice. Which I probably wouldn't have gotten into otherwise. Um, fell in love with New York. Lived there uh, for 10 years since then. Nice. Yeah, man. You miss it? I uh, I get to go there on tour. You I was going to say, you get to go there probably pretty often. I love New York. It's it's probably my favorite city in America. It's, it's, it's special. Awesome. It's just a crazy special place, mm. you know. Um, but, you know, I'm really happy to be here right now. Nice. It's been good. LA's been good. Jeez, West Coast in, is nice. Yeah, West Coast, the weather. But you've lived in Seattle, New York, LA. It's three, like, pretty popular cities. I'm a city boy. Yeah, worldwide popular. Like everybody knows all three of those cities. Seattle yeah. mainly because of the grunge era. That just put them on yeah. the map. And yeah. then that's crazy. So would, could you ever envision yourself living in the country? Would you ever want to slow it down? I don't Probably, know. No. Probably not. That's I, crazy. I love going out to the country. I mm-hmm. love nature like a lot. Yeah. But I always feel like at home when I'm around lots of terrible noise and yep. screaming people. That's cool. I mean, we live yeah. in Huntington Beach and you know, born and raised there, been there pretty much my whole life. And, uh, I, I, I'm not a city boy. Yeah. <laughs> I go to the cities and I'm cool for like two days and I'm like, all right, time to go. Yeah. I need like that piece. The energy is amazing. Yeah. It's one of those things where if I go for the weekend, I'm like, I could live in a city like this. And then if I'm there for longer, I'm like, I don't think I could survive. I yeah. Couldn't. I'm I so couldn't. used to things being quiet Yeah. and like, I don't know, roads being wide and yeah. places to being park. Being able to just jump. Yeah. It's a whole different life. Park in front of a restaurant and yeah. just go eat and then just walk back to your car that's in front of the restaurant. I, I might be on my way there because that's kind of how I feel about L.A. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, now I live out in the, you know, the peace and quiet. 
of LA. Yeah. <laughs> After being in New York where it's That's, just like oh, oh, you can't garbage trucks it. at four AM yeah. and just and like, don't get me wrong, I love New York every time and yeah, you go there. I was always so excited like amazing. Yeah. That energy I'd be going to bed in my Manhattan apartment and just hearing oh. this people partying downstairs at like bars and restaurants open late at night. It's kind of made me comfortable. I'm like, ah, the, the kids mm-hmm. are all right. Yeah. <laughs> and and New York has just the best restaurants. Yeah. So like anything you want, they got it and they got it like probably an amazing restaurant serving it. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I definitely love about New York. Well, let's go back. I'm kind of interested in all this. So you're born in Seattle. Is that what's up? Yeah, born, born and in raised. Seattle. And then what goes on? What's your musical life? What do you play first? Trumpet? Yeah, no, saxophone. Oh, sorry, I sorry, guess, saxophone. I guess trumpet. ever since I was two, my mom says oh, I wanted wow. to play sax. But I didn't start till I was like 11. And they would teach it at school, you know. And yeah, I, I grew up kind of studying jazz and learning that in that way. Before that, as a kid, like I was... I had a big sister who was five years older. She was old enough to be like in high school during the whole grunge wave. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she like showed me what was cool. And I grew up with, you know, Nirvana and Weezer and Cranberries. And Did all your sister stuff. cry when Kurt Cobain died? Oh, yeah. I, rem- I remember the day. Oh, at yeah, middle school, I was in middle school. I think I was in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. And mm-hmm. I remember going to school and like half the school was crying. Yeah. Yeah. It was a devastation. I, I remember it well. Yeah. But I would say it's like, uh, some people had Jesus. We in Seattle had Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my sister was a total alt kid, you know, yeah. total Wiccan, uh, black, oh, okay, finger paint, you know. So she, she loved all that music, and she showed me all that stuff, which is still my favorite music. So. It's it's amazing. Were your parents musical? Um, my dad played guitar, you know, just kind of hippie vibes. Mm-hmm. Always sang. He sang to me when I was a little kid. My, my first memory, him singing "The Pony Man." Oh, that's awesome. But uh, they're never professional musicians. Okay. They're, I've learned about some. Apparently, my dad's dad was a world-class cornet trumpet player. But my dad never heard him play because he kind of put it away and just got serious about work and mm-hmm. kids and, you know, post-war kind of attitude. Damn. So yeah, my, it's my, in there. It's in the it's genes, in no doubt. I guess so. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. That's what I learned later in life. And then so you're playing the sax, and then you're – Doing that in school, you're 11, you're 12. What are you doing it outside of school or with a school band? School band, school band, the jazz band. My high school jazz band was kind of like a big deal. Yeah, it was like Friday night lights for us of jazz. Really, oh, that's a awesome. bunch of parents come, like just crowds filled. Yeah, kind we of just a- like we, it, we we rehearsed a lot and yeah. we did like the national competitions in New York. Oh, we got shit. second place okay. my senior year. Like we just took it really seriously. So okay, awesome. That's cool. <laughs> So yeah. serious musician all the way through high school, but not in a band, not in a band as we know you now. No. In a jazz band with your school, competition style. Yeah, just band nerding out. And through all that time when you were playing sax, were you also playing guitar? No, I never played guitar till till I was eighteen in college. Okay. I kind of started realizing as I got older that I didn't want to be a jazz saxophone player. Yeah. yeah. I felt like that genre, the good stuff to me was is all long gone, you know, and that what jazz is now. It's kind of either revivalism or it's kind of like too mathy and too intense for anyone to really relate to it. The only people that get it are the people playing it. Yeah, exactly. Musician, music for musicians. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to make music that people could hear. I wanted to communicate. Uh-huh. That was kind of the, my main drive. Express things that I couldn't express with words and for people to hear it and come together. So totally. felt like with rock, you could be deep but also popular. And that's yeah. the perfect kind of happy medium. So then, real quick to go back in high school, you're playing jazz. You're, you, pro- I'm sure, I'm, I'm assuming you're listening to a lot of jazz, probably old jazz and stuff when you're in high yeah. school. Are you listening and Nirvana and all that? Or when? No, that's after, right? 
Because yeah. your sister was the one who was in high school doing the Nirvana thing. Yeah, that was kind of more my childhood, and then I and the Beatles for my parents uh-huh. and all that stuff. But I and then I got really into jazz, and it wasn't until the end of high school. I'm super depressed. I don't like like the music that everyone at my school likes, which mm-hmm. was kind of all like, you know, crunk and well, like from Jaw Rule to oh, okay, Fifty yeah. Cent. Yeah, um, <laughs> crunk. <laughs> Remember it, that? Let's yeah. get crunk. Yeah, that that dates me. That puts puts you in a time period there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, don't worry, our time period's way before that. Yeah, yeah. I liked a lot of hip hop, but not the crunk ish as much. Yeah, you know, yeah. I liked Outkast and yeah. stuff like that, Wu Tang. But uh, anyway, it was at that point that my best buddy Nick showed me all this rock that had been happening in the 2000s that I was completely unaware of. He's like, "Have you heard of the Strokes?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "No." So he showed me all that, and that kind of like, I don't know. It was like I found my kind of place again. I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, this is still going on in a different way." And and I got that took me to a new inspiration there. Nice one. So now nice you're one. in college and you start playing guitar and you start realizing in college, right, at NYU, that you're mm-hmm. not, you don't want to be a jazz musician forever. Yeah. You have a, now, where do you get a guitar? Uh, I got my first guitar actually in Seattle in the summer at this place called Trading Musician. I got a $50 amp. It was the only one loud enough to play with drums. Started playing with my buddy, started mm-hmm. writing songs. Um, yeah, it was kind of just rough and tumble at that time. Nice. But uh, yeah, I, I had a jazz saxophone teacher who whose name's Lenny Pickett. He was like the he was on the, the leader of the SNL band. Oh wow! He's like the screaming sax in the intro of SNL. Oh shit! You know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wait, the dude that used to make the well, there was a dude that used to make crazy faces. Do you remember him uh, in, the, in the SNL band? I don't think that's him. It's it's after it's, him. He was probably yeah. after. There was a in the go back and watch old SNL episodes. The saxophone guy used to make fucking faces oh, really? like just <laughs> melting. Didn't, didn't he have kind of like long hair long and a ponytail? Blonde, yeah, and he was just situ- yeah. He's like oh, super yeah. over aggressive. But I loved remember. him. And yeah. then he, I think he might have been pre pre. pre I'm I'm thinking pre Lenny. Okay, so Lenny, <laughs> that's the lead guy in that band. Yeah, he was the star of the SNL band. I mean, that's like kind of how the camera is always. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, oh, that's he's, cool. He's right there, but I, I remember I had like. I was kind of having second thoughts about jazz. I was telling the ja- the director of the jazz program, I don't know, maybe I want to switch to music business or something like that. Mm-hmm. He was like very discouraging. He was like, don't do that. You're not going to be in a pop band. It's not going to work out, basically. And uh, But Lenny, when I had a private sax lesson with him, he was. I told him the same thing. He was like, all right, how about we just talk about the music industry during your lesson then? Like, you don't even have to do sax. So that was cool. That's pretty cool. Supportive. Yeah. Shit. So, so, then, you, uh, so then you start Dreamers. I started a band. Yeah, I started another playing. band right after college. We did our thing for a few years. It kind of like you know we had a little bit of love and working through it. A little success wasn't working out. Creative differences, drama, problems. It felt like a huge learning process. Is this in New York? In New you York. Stayed in New York after yeah. college, and yeah. now you're what? Living in New York, working a job, or what are you doing? And just saying, I want. Yeah, I wanna, bartending. Bartending, nice. and nice. you now you want to be a rock musician. Is yeah. that what the first band sounded like? Did it sound like Dreamers at all? Is it, it... It, a little bit. It was more a little bit more indie rock quartet, two okay. thousands, you know, kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, strokes mixed with Nirvana. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, bartending life was not a bad life. Mm-mm. I. Uh, but after that, that band wasn't working out. Just wanted to get more serious. We broke it up. Me and the manager and and the drummer actually. We wanted, we started a new band, which would become Dreamers, and that's when I just started like living in my practice space instead of having an apartment. Wait, the manager of the bar? 
No, the manager of <laughs> I had a, a friendager of the first band who was oh, our okay. friend yeah, okay. who managed the okay. band. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that'd be awesome. I, the manager of your bar is all. That's it. We're breaking this band up. Right. We're gonna <laughs> form a new band. I thought, like Jesus Not far Christ! Off. Everybody yeah. who worked at that bar was lucky. In a band. Worked there. Yeah. So really? That, that could probably happen. Oh shit! Or they were a painter or something like. Yes. Yeah. Something artistic. New yeah. York. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, all I, right. I realized I could, if I didn't have an apartment, I could work only one day a week instead of four. So I just started crashing my practice space. Perfect. Like that's when I got serious for the first time and kind of lived it and started getting songs, started getting decent. Mm-hmm. And that was Dreamers. Went from there. Started in New York City. Yes, sir. Boom. Right on. And Nelson, he's been with, in the band since the start, right? Yeah, so I met him at that time when I was living okay. in the practice space. Okay, cool. Wanted to play a show. And, Found him just through that. And then later on, you guys added Jacob. Yeah, we, we had another drummer for a while. Eventually, when we signed a deal, moved to L.A., started touring, left, he kind of, like, didn't want to continue. So He didn't want to move away from New York. Yeah, but it worked out. Like, we had two weeks before, like, an, a tour. We got an opening tour, and we, we auditioned, like, eight drummers, and Jacob was the no-brainer guy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Never looked back, he, and the circle was complete. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I saw you guys did a, a, a run with Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Was that, a, was that a Scott or Chester? It was when Chester was singing. Nice. Yeah. That's Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Yeah. Incredible, man. We were like just nothing at that time, we, but we got a song played on Alt Nation, and it was like getting a lot of tweets, I guess, so it was, did well in Alt Nation. They heard of us that way, and... Yeah, fortunately, took us on like a month and a half tour, Stone Temple Pilots, which is, you know, legendary, especially as a grunge head. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing band. Amazing. I got to see them with Scott because of you guys, the Dirty Heads, actually, yeah. several years ago. I believe it was when I tour managed you guys, right? Was it? Was it like 2010 or was I it after so. that? Was well, that at BuzzFest in Austin no, or something? No, dude, it was, or, uh, it was or, the K-Rock. It was a K-Rock, K-Rock. weenie was roast in the Irvine. Roast. Yes. The old weenie yeah. roast right here in Irvine. So I got, you know, whatever, all access pass because yeah. I'm with, with the Dirty Heads. Stone Temple Pilots are the big secret yeah. band with Scott. Yeah. So um, I got to stand on a scaffolding, like on the side of the stage and just yeah. look down and just watch him spin circles and dance. And oh, was... He, was on, he was pretty skinny and he was looking pretty rough at that point yeah. in time. So I knew that yeah. he wasn't well. You I know? remember that. And then we did bo- do Stone Temple Pilots at the BuzzFest, but with that was with Chester. So I got to see it with both. Chester killed it, too. too. Yeah. Chester had an amazing voice. Oh, his voice was so powerful. It was ridiculous. Yeah. He's a legend. Both yeah. of them, man. Freaking yeah. rest in peace. That's yeah. insane. Real rock stars. That's insane. They were so supportive to us, too. Like, they put our name big on all the posters, and we're just really welcoming Kind of showed so us cool. the way of righteousness. Yeah. Like, we were slumming it because our van broke down. So I borrowed my dad's Volvo and we got a trailer and we're just like making it happen. No. And uh, That is amazing. Yeah. At one point, Chester's like, where are you guys sleeping? And we're like, you know, crashing with friends. We get a Motel 6 sometimes. He was like, fuck that. I got you a hotel tonight. Nice. Got us a nice hotel. And then the next day, like his assistant guy was like, yo, he got you hot- hotels for the whole month. Oh, that's amazing. Out of pocket. We're like, what? Crazy. See? That's cool. No one does that. See, like, that's we're, a shame. Yeah. an opening band, like, that's just... Yeah. And there's, like, crazy. no reason that, that it shouldn't be like that. Right. If you're way at the top and you're killing it, and it's like you yeah. see a band working that hard yeah. and a Volvo dragon... I mean, come on. And not what every What a great band, guy. What a great guy. Not every big band, but I'd say, you know, most of them, it's like, they were probably slumming it in the van in the car. You know, you've all, we've all been everybody. there. We yeah. did it as the Dirty yep. for eight or nine years in a van. Yeah. And it's... you got to do it. 
Yeah. You got to do it. It's tough, but when you do look back at it, you're like, all right, that was fun, though. Yeah. Oh, like I said, time. we, we talked about time. this on an episode before. Always your craziest, best memories are from the days in the van yeah. or in the Volvo. I mean, yeah. of course. Because you guys are sitting on top of each other. Yeah. You have no choice but yeah. to interact. Like, the bigger the band gets, the, the farther apart people get. Yeah. Eventually, bands get so big, they all have their own bus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. see you on stage. Don't you even know? talk. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we never get there. I don't mind yeah, the own bus thing, but. Well, you guys won't because <laughs> you guys can't play Mario Kart from five different buses. So no, you could always... with online these days. Shit, you're right. Yeah, the <laughs> future it. is now. Five buses. Let's oh, do it. Man. But yeah, uh, we were talking about, you were talking about Bradshaw broke his foot. who was on the other day. Yep. Yeah, Bradshaw manager. was a few episodes back on, yeah. on our show. Chester uh, broke his foot right before that tour, too, and he was still dancing around on stage like a fucking maniac. Got to push through it. Just like Bradshaw, who pushed through it. Yeah. It worked. 18 hours a day, oh broken my God. foot. Yeah, the stage manager, Bradshaw, we had on a few shows back, he he had a huge boot on his foot for the last, I don't know, what, week and a half, two, two weeks, weeks of the like tour? That, yeah. just, just like I, a ski boot, man. I got a text, and unfortunately, I didn't get the text until later on in the day. I, I think I was driving home from vacation or something, and uh, it was from Tom, you know, uh, from tour, the stage manager, and he was, uh, he the text was, because they, they all work together in New Orleans, uh, I, I believe like a House of Blues. Oh, House no, no. Of, the uh, What's the name of that theater? He was at House of Blues. Dang. Now he's at oh, the theater. I will, remember the, I, will, I will remember the That's name crazy. of the theater. I know uh, Tom and Bradshaw do, and Tom texted me, Daddy, will you hit up Bradshaw and tell him not to come into work today? He's trying to come into work, and he has a 104 fever. <laughs> 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 Brad, Bradshaw just doesn't stop working. Uh, oh, my goodness. So if it hits 106, I'll go home. <laughs> So with having uh, Nick in here, and you know he was on this summer tour, and the Dreamers were not exactly like all the other bands. If if you just were to yeah. you know put their all of our albums down together and listen into them, you would think, okay, I could see why Bikini Trill, the Dirty Heads, uh, Interrupters, and Three Eleven yeah. would be on a tour. It makes sense. The Dreamers, they they were a different style band than us. But the one thing that we loved about them, and which everyone on tour loved about them, is they were just themselves. The whole time, even though they knew probably coming into this tour, they were going to be a little different. Who knows what the crowds is the crowd going to accept us, whatever. But every night they went out there and they just did their thing. And, and you, you win everyone over when you're when you're when you do that, you just be yourself. That's today's subject is just be yourself. Because if you're just out there, just being yourself, doing your thing, doing what you're confident in and what you love, trust me, people are going to be attracted to that and they're going to feel that. If you're out there trying, like they could have gone out and tried to maybe switch their setup a little bit, maybe play a couple little reggae Some covers reggae or something, come out and did a Bob <laughs> yeah. Marley song or something, you know, and everyone would have been like, what's going on here? But no, they didn't. They just went and they did their thing. They put on their show and you could tell by the end of every show, they won a lot of fans over in the crowd. They won every band over. They won every band over. Every yeah. Every band loved this, uh, watching the Dreamers, and just every band member is just cool, and they just got their own style, and they're just themselves, and that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. It starts out with, you know, we've talked about this on previous shows, which is like, love what you do, believe in your sound, believe in your look, believe in whatever, and then once you have that, just continually be that, you know, believe in it, and then be it, and so that's what we wanted to touch on with you the be yourself part. And you guys came on this tour. What were your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure you guys were a little nervous or going, this isn't our normal tour. I'm sure you tour yeah. with more rock bands or indie bands, right? Yeah. First of all, appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, second of all, yeah, yeah. We got the offer from 311 mm -hmm. and it was like March 9th. And they're like, we have two days to decide because 311 day is coming up in two days. Ah. We have to announce the tour. 
we were like, yeah, at first we're like, this is kind of more reggae leaning. Like, are we going to fit? Is the, are the fans going to like us? Is it going to be the right thing to do? And then, yeah, we realized that it's kind of all alternative radio listeners, you know? Mm-hmm. Dirty Heads are on the same radio stations that we are. Totally. Um, and we're like, you know, fuck it. Let's, let's do it. Let's try it. It's all, it was also our first amphitheater tour. Nice. So, yeah, we're like, let's, let's do it. And uh, kind of seeing 311 set live kind of made it make, make a little more sense to me because they, you know, they got some reggae vibes, but they also like their earlier stuff is super grungy. Totally, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Super rock and roll. Definitely. So kind of, it kind of works in that way. And yeah, they, uh, they told us we were on the top of their list of bands they wanted to open up. So we were just like, that's amazing. That's rad. Do I it. think it was awesome. I think that yeah, it fans, turned out great for yeah, us. Yeah, and the fans really enjoyed it. Having You don't want every band to sound the same. Yeah. That would be boring. So it's, yeah. it's cool to have a little mix up in there, and I think everyone's just dug it. Something I've noticed today about fans, especially young fans, like they're way less genre identity. Totally. They don't say, I am hip-hop, I am rock, I am whatever. So true. You'll kind of mix it up with yeah. playlists these I'm days. I'm just a little and everything. And In the past, yeah, it was like either you're punk or you're disco. or you're, yeah, you, even In Seattle, it was like, are you Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Like it was that specific. <laughs> That's true. Even within, I remember in the like British thing, there was Oasis or Blur. You cannot right. like both. And same with, yeah, it was like Pearl <laughs> yeah. Jam or Nirvana. You fucking or can't have both of those records. Yeah. It used to be pretty true. And when I was in high school, you were punk. You were fucking punk. You, you dressed punk. punk. You didn't it. listen to shit no, but punk. No. Yeah. It's, I never it. thought about that, but you're right. People just listen to music nowadays. Now it's, yeah. Cool. I think that has a lot to do probably with streaming and playlists and shit maybe you know like a lot of playlists you'll go and it's not just one genre it'll be like oh summer yep. fun and it'll be a mix of like all sorts of Even different genres. pandora it's yeah. like it plays stuff around yes you know it's and not you find necessarily... a lot of cool artists that way too yep. like what is this you look it up i've never heard of this guy next thing you know you're listening to all their albums you know yeah, in a previous generation you would have had money for one cd you yeah. know this week and yeah. that's what you listen to so like, that's you true. see now you just have access to everything so why not mix it up and now that I think about it, this tour was like a dope playlist, and every single band was uniquely different. Totally. Not a single band on this tour actually sounds anything like the other yeah. band. I that's kind of that. rad. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, man, be yourself. Uh, that's what we loved about the Dreamers. They just, every day, just, they were themselves. They have a different they put look, on a, cool a different vibe. sound, and it was just, when your songs are great, like, you have super good songs they're all structured well they're catchy as shit and they're good and you you use like these cool dark uh chords you know that i fucking love i like the like the drownier like uh minor chords and stuff so i was like i was in on day one and it just it set a different tone right in the middle of the show there right after you know the show gets started with a fucking party band you know bikini trill and then you guys set it into this nice rock zone and from there it kind of unravels into because then you got the the interrupters came up next that were scop punk they're, they're rock punky, too punky they're sky, pretty freaking yeah. punk and then it gets into the dirty heads 311 yep. or 311 dirty heads whichever night it was yeah. what a fuck that's why that i never th- sat back and thought about it but it's a really a pretty perfect unraveling of the night each one of those shows when all of you guys were there totally agreed well yeah man be yourself you know that doesn't just go with music anything you're doing in life any job you have you get a new job and you go there the first day everyone's dressed in a certain way don't go out that next day and go buy a bunch of clothes to try and fit in because you're going to come the next day and everyone's going to be like, what the hell is going on here? If you're a yeah. fucking nerd and you go to work and you're wearing a Dungeon & Dragon shirt because you played Dungeon & Dragon, guess what? Your boss might be like, no way. I also play Dungeon yep. & Dragon. You, my friend, get a raise. D&D it up. And that is going to make you what, Jake? 
It's going to make you feel, feel good. good it's going to make you yeah, feel real freaking yeah. good to play Dungeon and Dragon with your boss getting a higher paid because you got raised because you D&D and it up. You got to let your boss win. All right. Win. Speaking I mean, of feeling yeah. good, on this show, we have a couple sponsors that make us feel good. And today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Koi CBD. Oh, Koi CBD. Mm-hmm. Koi Legends. CBD. So I talk about it every episode. I, I do the drops every morning. They make me feel good. They're good for any sort of like joint issues or gut and inflammation or pain. It's amazing. They got creams for you. It's amazing. They're going to make you feel good. We talk about it all the time. But today I'm going to talk about another product that I just recently got for them. And it is Koi CBD for my dog. Okay. I got Whoa. these soft chews. I got this spray that I did a couple times. It took me like a couple days of me like opening my dog's mouth and spraying a couple sprays in. And now I literally hold the bottle up. I go, and she just kind of opens up a little bit. <laughs> and I give her a couple sprays. It and works on dogs. It works she on dogs. It. So here's the deal with this is I recently, a month or two ago, had to put down one of my dogs. 14-year-old oh. dog. She was amazing. And she was a big old English sheepdog, super tall. And, you know, tall, big dogs, they, their hips start to go. So her last six months, she was having a lot of hip problems, and, and there was a few months there where, like, she could barely get up on her own. And when we get her up, she, you know, she was able to walk around and cruise around, but sitting down and getting up was tough for her. So I ordered some CBD from her on, for her online, and I'm not kidding. Within a few days, I saw her being able to get up easier. It just looked like she was in a lot less pain. You know, it's not going to save her life. Unfortunately, it was time, and she had to go. But I noticed how much it did help her. So I'm starting my other dog on it early. She's like nine. She's getting to the older age of dogs. She's fine. She's all good. But I'm starting to give her CBD now, and I'm just I'm hitting it early. I'm not messing around. Nice. Get in front of it. And I'll say Boom. this too: like Lorna, my wife, she doesn't take. She doesn't smoke. She doesn't do any of that. She woke up in the middle of the night the other night. I'm watching TV, and she walks straight into the bathroom, and she's like, "I got a headache." She's like, "I just need some CBD droppers," and I'm like, "What?" And she. Boom, boom, boom. And she told me, she's like, when you were on tour, she's like, I used a whole bottle of this and I'm halfway through the next one. She's all, it works, you know, because she runs. And really yeah, she was like, yeah, yeah if I have, my legs are hurting, I use this. And she's all, if I have a headache, I use this. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It, it I didn't even really know. Cool. She was into it. So check it out, there people. Goes my KoiCBD.com. And if you put in code DuddyB at checkout, you're going to get 20% off. That's right. Check it out. Big also, savings. KoiCBD. <laughs> Uh, and also Sticky Vapes, another product that we use all the time here on the Feeling Good with Daddy podcast. It's an amazing company, really cool people that run it. We made some of our own vape pens with them, with the Dirty Heads. This is the Indica one. We had a Sativa one here earlier, but Jake already opened it up and started smoking on it. That's all good. That's what they're for. Yeah, we didn't. We forgot weed, and we were standing around. We're <sighs> Don't trying tell to, them that, Jake. We forgot. Duddy forgot the weed. <laughs> Duddy forgot didn't. weed. And we got here, and he ruined everyone's day. And so we just ripped open the Koi CBD hitter. I did. I left all the pot at home. Yeah, all of it. What uh, a stoner thing to I do. know. <laughs> I realized, like, right when I pulled up. To, right when I pulled up, I was here on time, and then everyone else was late. So I was in my car, and I was like, oh, no big deal. I'll just smoke a bowl. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, my God. I oh, fucking left it all at home. won't smoke I a will bowl. not. I'll nope. just think about it. But so, yeah, Sticky Vapes, uh, great product, great company. Check it out. Uh, Jake, where do you use your Sticky Vape? I use mine in the podcast recording room. Okay. And next, last but not least today, we are also brought to you by Onnit, and another amazing company. Uh, these guys make so many cool supplements and products. It's insane. You have to go to their website, onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. That's two N's, O-N-N-I-T. And if you forward slash uh, Duddy, 
after that, you're going to get 10% off your order. But that being said, on it, great people, great products. I know they just sent my brother a huge shipment. Dude. Is there anything that you're super stoked on? Oh, I'm psyched on the alpha brain, and I wish you would have used some this morning. You wouldn't have forgot the weed. And then I'm also <sighs> the there's a so there's a pre workout, and then there's a electrolytes blend. Those are the two that I'm just mainlining because um, when you go surfing, you just get you get thirsty as fuck when you're surfing all day. It's hot out there. You're paddling a lot, and so I use the electrolyte and the pre workout, and that's been extending me in the water like a lot it's super noticeable and i did a run yesterday boom 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 hit the pre-workout so that's the the stuff i'm in love with although i'm taking the total human and i'm taking the alpha brain yep all good products so check it out whatever you're looking for whatever you need for your workout or just your daily routine trust me they got something for you they've got so many awesome products so i just recommend going to their website and checking out what they got and seeing what is going to work best for you on it.com o-n-n-i-t forward slash duddy 10% off. Enjoy your day. Get on it. On it. All right. Okay. Is there anything else? That's it, huh? <sighs> oh, we did it. We did it. All right. Bye, everyone. Oh, no, wait. Shit. Never mind. Oh, we have a new thing. Okay. We got a new thing we want to talk about here today, people. Jake, tell them about it. We have a new segment um, that we are going to bring in, and we're going to do a bitchin' little song, but we haven't made one yet for the start of it. It's brand new. We just thought of it. It is called the To Don't List. Things to don't ever do again. Nice. Right? Everyone knows what a to-do list is. Yeah, fucking rake the yard, you know, don't be an asshole. Whatever. This is the to-don't list. This is litter the yard, be an asshole. Okay, so here we go. We have the first entry to the to-don't list, and it's a pretty big one. And my brother brought this up today, and I said, guess what? That's going on the to-don't list. Everybody needs to stop correcting people in their text messages. Or Stop on correcting comments. the spelling <laughs> on comments on social media. Stop correcting people's spelling. We, we all it. know there's an apostrophe, we Ari. We get it. get it. We it's, fucked up sometimes. We mess. Sometimes you mess up. Yes, it's the wrong there. It's not you. It's not Y-O-U-R. It's Y-O-U-R apostrophe. It's we our, not get our. It. We yes. know. It's communication. We're communicating. There's a thing called spell check that fucks you up sometimes. Let's not get blamey online. This is a divisive time, right? Mm -hmm. Do we need to make things more divisive or can we just accept that when someone said you're and they meant you are, you get it's the same same sound. If someone said it, you'd never correct it. Sometimes so in a text, you don't have to correct yourself either. If you asterisk, you know, sometimes it's just one letter. It's like, yeah. you know, that's it. We get it. We, we you know, know you messed up. You don't have to asterisk. Yes, and I the, thank you. And the sad thing is I do that. If I write the wrong word, I will immediately text under the correct word so just know. so know. I don't get the attack. I don't want to have right. to do that anymore. Don't. You shouldn't have Can to Can I that. stop? You shouldn't have to do that because you shouldn't care because the other people shouldn't fucking care. Okay, and Dude, here's the reality. I should just be here's my the reality. self, a guy who can't Yeah, be spell. yourself. God damn it. The reality of the situation is nobody in the history of social media has ever been looking at a, a comment or a, a post, noticing that there's something spelled wrong and then looking in the comments <laughs> and then going, oh my God, this person corrected them. That person's a genius. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for that. No, what they're thinking is, what a fucking douchebag. What douche a dick. And they're what going, a dick. What a dick. No one ever goes down and sees that you corrected them and then thumbs up your comment and then hits you no. with an at mention and a thank you. That doesn't happen. Yeah, so now unless, all you're doing is just upsetting people. Unless you get a really unfortunate autocorrect that gives it a whole new meaning. That Sometimes is unfortunate. you might need to correct yourself 
in yes. that situation. You should always reread <laughs> what you wrote in case yeah. it completely changes the meaning. And yeah. then all that, and even then, everyone should still be able to assess what you really meant. Yeah. And then right. just put the laughing to tears emoji. Yeah, just true, put laughing true. to tears. LOL. That means we're all LOL, dude. Yeah, yeah. Maybe two people hugging, like we're all in this What's together. What's the one like rolling on the floor? Laughing. Rolling what, on. Okay, the there's floor. another thing. Can we can we put this? Oh wait, no, save it, dude. Are we are we rolling? You're gonna roll this into another to don't. Save so it. Sick of all I know, Daddy's things. got a lot. You guys think I'm the angry one with the whiteboard? <laughs> Trust me. Okay, so I think we've put a stamp on it. Everybody, collectively as a society, and I'm talking globally, stop correcting everyone on the spelling. Let's all just know what people meant, and then we can all. It'll save everyone time, or it'll save everyone's keyboards. I'm talking what three billion less clicks a year on the keyboard. Dude, that's got to be recycling. That's like recycling, recycling of some sort. Oh yeah, you're saying it's less plastic, okay? In a landfill in Arizona, you got it, dude. Let's just all be nice. All right, no more correcting hey, of the spelling. Pretty soon, uh, there won't even be text messages. It'll just be going directly into your brain. You know, I'll we'll have the Neuralink. Oh my God, you're right. Elon Musk is making it. Then you don't have to worry about that. Well, anymore. how do you think? How are you going to correct that? What are what are the trolls going to be then? Yes. Oh, oh no. Fuck. Whoa. Think of that. How would you troll then? Make people think they thought something, right? But it's really just your text message. Oh my god. I don't know. They'll say, he'll say, "I'm going to your party," and they'll say, "I know that you meant to say that with the Y O U R." You'll just have to do that. That's that's right. That's not nah. That's not good. All right, yeah. Let's let's get that Elon Musk. We need to end this whole shit <laughs> quick style, or I'll keep saying things, and that's not good. All right, let's move on to uh, one of our favorite segments here, Bandcamp. You do have a Bandcamp story for us, right? These are stories yes. from the road or stories from life. But since we have a musician, this one will be a story from the road, and I do have a musical drop. So, oh, and this one time at Bandcamp. Ah. All right. You asked me this right before the show. I figured I would tell one from our tour this summer. Nice. I have a, a, a pretty good story. Sweet. Well, the last day of tour usually involves antics, mm-hmm. pranks. Um, this one, the story starts with the underwear incident, as you call it. The underwear incident. They tried to, uh, they tried to prank uh, someone from Bikini Trail by dyeing him blue. In, the, in Jared's ice bath. So mm-hmm. Jared sat, and Jared from the Dirty Head sat in an ice bath every single day. And then other members of other bands would start to jump in his ice bath. And the opening band, Bikini Trill, which we talked about on the last episode, uh, when, the tour review episode, they were basically a walking tie-dye band. You know, they were yeah. amazing. And so these guys t- put, put, we put like paint in the ice bath. bottles of blue... T- uh, Food coloring into the ice bath, to thinking, Tony. "Oh, so, if he gets in here, it's gonna die in blue." And we wanted to yes. die in blue before the first show. So but this is Bikini Troll, the opening act. Work. They tried to dye Tony blue, and it didn't take. He literally was like, "Well, I will just paint myself if you want." It. <laughs> okay, so, so that's where that starts, and then so then Bikini Troll took it and ran with it and put all kinds of colors in there. And Lauren put her hair dye in there, which is pink and stuff. And they're like, "You want to take a tie dye ice bath?" I'm like, "Of course." Who am I? Yeah. Say no to that. <laughs> so I get in my underwear, just take an ice bath. It's all very funny. Everyone makes a story. Ha ha, good times. Mm-hmm. I have like pink streaks all over my chest, and I'm just in my boxers. And then uh, Jared says, well, I'll bet you won't do the show like that. I'm like, yeah, probably not. He's like, I'll give you 100 bucks. So I have to give, I have to give Jared credit for the, uh, the underwear incident. Yeah. He's like, I was like, yep. of course, I'll do it. For yes. Now it changes everything. <laughs> okay. Gave me a hundred dollars and I put it in my 
panty line <laughs> and play the show like that. Okay. Ashton, can we, uh, gave you. Ashton, can we play uh, these videos I sent? I actually got a couple yeah. a couple little videos of, of this going down. And so it, for the funny. listeners, you guys got to go to YouTube, our YouTube page, Feeling Good with Duddy on YouTube, and you will be able to see exactly what we're talking about. Oh, here I mean, goes Nick right he here. He's running out on stage oh, in his underwear. Aggressive, too. You're marching out there. And who's <laughs> running in front of you just celebrating the fact that you're half naked? There, there's uh, another one, too. Awesome. Let's, uh, that oh, I said. we got there, the there's front the angle. There's the beginning of that. Nice. Show that other one, Ashton. You got a second video. I got one where it's before the sh- before he runs out there. Did you not get the other one? It's all right, whatever. He'll get it. But, Salt Lake uh, City, no less. Getting nude for all the mornings. Yeah. Is this the other one, Doug? Yeah, here, oh, here, here we go. We got this a second him, like, video. You know, a minute before they're going on. Oh, yeah. Looking like a Halloween massacre right there. <laughs> The, the, the dye on his chest looks like blood, and he's got his underwear on. His guitar's strapped over, so you really can't even tell if he's got underwear on. It just oh. looks like he's naked with the guitar. It's like if he was just in his boxers, you'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird, whatever. But the pink streak makes oh, it yeah. just like, what the fuck is going on here? He that just murdered someone. But uh, that, All right, so yeah, you can continue your story. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's more to the story. That was the first part. But this last day, the last night, it was like straight out of a movie. The first, I don't know if you remember, like, you smoked everybody out with a huge joint. Yeah. That sounds was, fair. That yeah. sounds, yeah. It was like yeah. after you play, we also, you know, I got super blaze. Anyway, backstage, we're side stage for uh, 311. And at one point, they come off the stage, and like Nick from 311 walked by me. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he gave me kind of like a, like he shook his head like he was kind of stressed or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah. whatever. Uh, and the manager the manager comes up to us and is like, he's straight out of a movie. He's like, Nick's losing his voice. Does anybody know how to sing down? And I what was like, what the fuck? No. Well, I know no. down, but like, not really. I was like, I don't know if I can sing it. But I, I had like a little time and a few songs. So I just like listened to it on Spotify like four or five times, committing it to memory. I was like, okay, this part, this part, this part. Got it, got it, got it. Really just he sings the chorus, you know, essay yeah. raps most of the time. And that's yeah. the last song so, they play. That's like their big ender. So this is the yeah. last show of the tour, last song, last their song. biggest hit. He's like, so I was like, how do, how do I know if he wants me to go out and sing? And he's like, you'll know. So, <laughs> I'm like, blaze out of mind. I'm like, okay. And uh, <laughs> you'll know. Uh, so Nick, but talking to the audience before the last song, he's like, we're at show where he's like, sorry, my voice is a little hoarse. Hopefully somebody comes out and helps me sing this song. I was like, all right. So they gave me a wireless mic and I just ran out and sang it. Nice. No fucking, fucking way. That's pretty fucking rad. That's dope. Yeah, are you still in your I underwear? I didn't see that. <laughs> I had put a shirt on it. I'm point. so sad. We we left we left that last show like halfway, three quarters of the way through. Uh, oh, you guys had to go set. to the airport. We had to, that was like the time our runner had to be able to take us all. So yeah, we had to bounce, yeah. dude. So that how was that? It, it was amazing, and, and I was high, and it was crazy, and it was really cool of them to be that inclusive to us that they would yeah, let us do that. That's and pretty like, rad. That's super cool. Let, let us join in the last song. You know, we're talking about good vibes on tour, as it was, you know, the whole summer. It was very good vibes. Um, but yeah. yeah, so that was my uh, my uh, star is born moment. Oh, that's a great story. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Does anybody know the words to down? <laughs> Quick, is there a doctor on the place? Like, yeah. That's hilarious. We got to get this it going because I, I know say, Nick yeah. has a writing session right up the street in Costa Mesa. That's why he was able to come in here today. And he said, I'd like to be out of here by noon. It's basically a minute till noon right or right now. So let's just get it rocking. Let's, get, let's do a couple little plug here things. Yeah. Or do you got anything you want to talk about? You guys got anything coming up? I had more shit to ask you too. I'd love to have you back. You're like a real yeah. fucking interesting guest. So I probably would love to come back anytime, cool. you know, I'm in town, uh, 
until the middle of October. Nice. Hit me up. That's when we start a headline tour, which is the only thing I have to plug, really. We're doing our own tour. Nice. Oh, dude, we're doing a live show at the Improv in Irvine on October 7th. It's a Monday really? night. Yeah. If you want to come, we'd love if to If you, you. want to come, dude. I'm in town. All right. I'd we can, We'll probably pull you up on stage and just chat it up for a hot second. Sounds Why awesome. not, dude? Nice. Hell well, yeah, dude. So um, we, we might be able to have Nick down at the Improv show. Before we go. Yeah, take your time. I have got, you ever shit your pants? Uh, of course. Do you have a good shit your pants Wait, story? Do we save this for the improv? Or no, do we, you want to do it now? I want to do it right now. You have time? Um, Are you cool? Because it's noon yeah. right now. Oh yeah, you're I, good. I have. I, I'm okay. cool. I'm cool. Let's go. Uh, we're gonna oh, talk yeah. about something this important. Yeah, okay. Very I got time. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really shit my pants as an adult. Fortunately, knock on wood, that much lately. <laughs> I, I have early memories of shitting my pants in first grade and stuff like that. But what I did not too long ago was I shit the bed. Oh. <laughs> yes, and it was when I had horrible food poisoning from 7-Eleven hot dogs. Ooh. That'll do it. In 7-Eleven late night getting snacks, and the guy's like, you want a hot dog? I'll give you two for one. And I was like, oh, what a nice guy. Thank you. But I didn't realize they're probably really old. Mm-hmm. Trying to get rid trying of to them. get rid of them. <laughs> I didn't think of that, so I got oh really sick God. for two you days. You like diarrhea? I'll give you two for one. And never trust a fart with I food I think he actually oh. said, I'll give you poo for fun. <laughs> yeah. Never trust. So you're awake in, in bed, bed. Trusted a fart. Trusted a fart. Shouldn't have, basically. Uh, is it like change the sheets? Yeah. Night has to restart. It's a little, bl- little blast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little blast, Okay, dude. so. Oh, know. that's awesome. That was a nice quick was one, quick dude. One. And that was quick a fucking one. funny one. All right. We needed that to dude, end. Um, um, and before you go, anything you want to plug? What's going on with Dreamers? They, anything they in got your a, life? Headlining tour coming yeah, up. Yeah, headline tour, okay. all US. We're writing new music. You know, we just came out with the album this year, but we're, we're going to be coming out with another EP. Stay Damn, tuned. Nice. nice one. And uh, uh, Dreamers, join us. Is that that's the that's Instagram. Instagram? Yeah, that's and our we'll Instagram and Twitter. And the Dream, just dreamers.com. Dreamers. Come and join us. Dreamers, come yes. and join us.com. Yeah, just dreamers join us. We have dreamersuniverse.com, which okay. is a whole other universe. Nice. If you're <laughs> prepared for that. Multiverse.com. Well, yes. Dreamers Multiverse coming soon. So All right, cool. So, yeah, we just talked about it for a second. We're doing a live show October 7th at the Irvine Improv, and we are so freaking excited. You can go to feelinggoodwithduddy.com uh, to get tickets. You can go to irvineimprov.com to get your tickets. Um, we've got a couple different packages. They, they've got some cool, like, uh, VIP booths that you can buy that come with, like, you come know. With dinner come with dinner and, like, and some a big booth. I think you have to have at least seven people. But I think it's you get four. A four people? I think it's four okay. people. You get your own booth. And um, then we also have just general admissions, just 20 bucks, and then, you know, uh, and then there's also like a VIP package that you get like early entry. You get a, a T-shirt and you get like a quick little meet and greet with me and Jake and take a picture. And then you guys get like front row, you know, VIP seating as well. And the VIP and that's like 50 was bucks. half sold out two days after. Yeah, the t- I so think that those one might VIPs be... are already almost close get them to sold fast. out. But check it out. Tickets are going quick. Uh, yeah. Also... Our Patreon page. Um, if you don't know, we also just recently started a Patreon page. Um, it's a place where we put a lot of just extra behind-the-scenes footage, a lot of just extra content of us on the road, us in the studio, things like that. Um, it's a way for us to make a little bit of extra money to help pay for you know all the nice people here at Reamp and just out on the road helping us create this uh, show for you guys. It will always be a free show. 
We will always give you free content, but uh, you know, we will always have some extra content too. It's $4.99 a month. It's it's cheap. It's the price of a cup of coffee. You're gonna help out the show and you're gonna get a lot of cool extra content. So patreon.com forward slash feeling good with Zeddy. And as always, cutlessbrand.com. Check it out. Always a sponsor of the show. Great uh, product. Cutlessbrand.com. If you go there and you put in code feeling good, you're gonna get 20% off. What else? Anything else? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. That outro came in pretty hot. Sorry, guys. It did. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks again, Nick, for stopping by. Oh, yeah. That Thanks was awesome. Make sure you guys check out the Dreamers. Thanks to Mark and Ashton and everyone over here at Reamp Studios for helping out today. Yeah. Peace out, guys. Have a good day. Later, y'all. I know there's an apostrophe in all, okay? Yeah, <laughs> we got it. Is there? Is there an apostrophe in feeling? I think so. <laughs> there is. There's a weird one because we spell it wrong. We know that there's no G on our feeling. All right? It's feeling good. Feeling. All it's right. Feeling. Pretty fucking judgy out there. All right? We get it. We get it. We fucking get it. All right. We forgot the G, dude. <laughs> <laughs>